Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And this is Side Note. A podcast where every episode we tell stories and debate a controversial subject. And then we research and splice in all the science and mind-blowing shiznit throughout so you are entertained while simultaneously learning. Today we are going to be talking about phone addiction, something that maybe we all have. We're going to start with some horrifying stories about texting the wrong person, also about the history of how cell phones came into our lives. Then we're going to end with a debate about whether or not I, Greg, am in fact addicted to my phone. Mitch thinks I am, I think I'm not, so we'll see who you agree with. Rolling in the day. Hi. Hey, what's up? Um, uh, happy birthday. Yeah, I guess this is going to come out a week later, but it was my birthday yesterday when we were recording this. I'm officially 30. It's oh, officially God. old. Welcome You're four months club. older than me called it. Am I four months? Five. May, June, July, August, September. Six <gasps> months older than you. That explains I'm a lot. so much older than you, and I feel it every day in my bones, in my body. You have a youthful body and I do not. But I think I might have gout, okay? No. I think it was a bug bite, but whatever. Did you, did you have a nice birthday? Uh, I did. I did. I chilled. Took uh, Ernie to the dog park. He got covered in mud. Then I bathed him. That's pretty much That's all I did. That's a nice day. Yeah. I love any day spent with Ernie. That's like magical to me. Oh, I thought you were going to say me, but okay. And you, and you, and you. But I just mean like it's nice to have like a dog day. No, that's true. A dog day is a whole... That song's not like about dogs dying, is it? A dog no, dies? I don't know what that song's about. I don't want to know if that's what it's about. No, dog days are. There's over a website like... to find out if things are about dogs dying, like if a video. What? It's like it's called "Does the Dog Die?" and it's like to check if in a video at the end. Oh a my dog god! Dies, so you don't have to watch it. Like Independence Day when the dog makes it. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. So there was a comment that we want to talk about based on the hashtag Side Note Podcast, which is how we want to like have you guys communicate with us with this podcast, and it's from Mayo at the Real Miss Missy. But the real Miss M-I-S-I, Mizzy, Mizzy, whatever. Mm. Very interesting into your name. She wrote, um, I usually love the hashtag side note podcast, but it bothers me when Greg, that's me, reduces <laughs> Justin Trudeau to his body. Talk about his oh. politics. You wouldn't be able to talk about a female politician's butt without getting backlash. It makes me sad. Okay. True. V fair. V fair. I was making some jokes about his body, but I should talk about his politics. And I think that he should be harsher on the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion. And I think that he is reneging a bit on what he would say about climate change. And I hope he changes that. But for the most part, he's done a lot of things that I obviously really agree with. And I'm not going to talk about his body. <laughs> and we appreciate your comments. Like, let us know. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, it's good to hear things, to correct ourselves and also hear, like, nice things. And you guys have been using that hashtag and leaving us reviews. It's, it's so nice to hear all your feedback. We so. read them all. We're going to talk about them on the show. So thank you. Oh, what did we learn this week? Okay. So what did we learn this week? Mitch, you go first. What did you learn? Okay. Um... Oh, this is kind of segue from like the the tweet we just read. Uh, 
it's they did a study and it's all about how people can handle the truth. So it was a study about honesty and how like as a society and as individuals we generally say that we like really value honesty, but we tend to avoid being directly honest with people for whatever reason. So in this study, they basically took different groups of people and would force them to be honest about everything for three days in one situation and in another. How? Like, that was just their their rule. They said, wow. like, try and be honest for three days. And then in another situation, they sat them down with their colleagues or friends and had them have really open and honest conversations. And what they found is that people, like, they basically, uh, people significantly mispredicted the consequences of honesty. So most people think when they're honest, especially in like a critical way, that it's going to hurt people or they're going to have negative backlash. And what ended, up, what ended up happening was that they were wrong. So like you usually overestimate how negative your feedback will yeah. be when you're honest. And overall, the people were happy when like they that, were honest. That uh, person who just commented that Justin Trudeau thing might have been like, oh, no, am I going to offend them? But right. actually, I'm like, oh, that's really yeah, interesting. Like, you read I'm, it on the I'm podcast. Glad, I'm glad I... Yeah, you're, you're glad to find out that feedback. Like, obviously, there's levels of how harshly you say things. In context. But, in context. But, yeah, like, no, not, that's, that's not always worrying about being, like, socially so kind it was like instead of thinking about being pleasurable and socially connecting uh, it's better to be honest and that you get a good feedback loop from that i'm into that i really like that i feel like a lot of the times when i can't i love being honest and when i'm forced to not it's like i can't pull it off with like even my tone of voice and i get so mm. anxious that it's like i'm just gonna not do that i'm not gonna be fake ever again no more and, fakeness and honesty helps to just solve issues faster usually and i mean obviously you can be honest and kind at the same time i think that's maybe the point but what what did you learn okay honestly mitch you have bad breath mm, okay moving on uh, we're, um, we're like 10 feet apart well not 10 feet we're like two feet apart. no i mean like in general you have bad breath i'm just oh kidding my God. That's you so, really is... don't you don't <laughs> Um, okay, so but I would want to know if I did. Yeah, I'd be no, like, thank you. I'll go brush honestly, my teeth or chew gum or something. No, yeah, Ernie has bad breath. You don't. <laughs> um, okay, so what I learned this week uh, was about a German company called BASF, but it's not just them. Other large Basif. companies, Basif. I don't know. Oh, it was an acronym, I think. Yeah, I don't no, know. Right, I'm just but um, other companies like Monsanto are doing the same thing, which is that they're actually patenting the genes of aquatic life. It doesn't necessarily have to be aquatic life, but like of, of animals of in animals. the ocean. So it's or... actually illegal, I think, from the UN perspective to actually clone or like use the genes of anything in nature. But if they can actually clone them, sorry, it's oh. illegal to use the genes in nature, but if they can clone the genes, they can then themselves, use, create, that... yeah. And so they what? use like they are really interested in extremophiles, like things like like bacteria or organisms that can mm -hmm. live in really hot temperatures, because they might have really interesting genes to then use for like anti aging creams. Right. But just they, they think it's like going to create like an inequality in the future of these. It's mostly Canada, Germany, America, these rich countries right. which are patenting like and these massive companies probably that have the yeah. money where they can literally create their own versions of these of, extremophiles of, of like of the important of parts of genes. Yeah. yeah, and like the UN's kind of freaking out, being like, "Oh my god, we have to figure out how to like legally deal with this." But oh. one of the things that they're interested in is like alternatives for dairy products like milk, like the huge like explosion of nut milk, which I think is a hilarious name. <laughs> I'm just milk. like, why are people, oh, oh my God. That's weird. I never thought about that actually. Oh, I always end up like, do you have nut milk? I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that's only 10 a.m. Um, but that, like that's become this huge trend that they're trying to figure out what other animals milk could be drink. And one of the options is sperm whales. Whoa, nut Wait. milk, sperm. Whoa. Wait, um, like do whales have like, 
give milk? Yeah, I'm so, so stupid about that. I'm yeah. like, do they have udders or no, like I'm, nipples? I, honestly, it was just like one of the catchy parts of the article. I didn't really think much into it. I just was like, they think that sperm whale milk could be an alternative in the future. I think it's like a hilarious sort of like extrapolation of this information to be like catchy and interesting. Huh. But I drink a... Mm, yeah, as long as you weren't harming the whale, though. Like, do you really want whales, like, in captivity, like cows, just, like, putting cages under the sea, and then they're not allowed to move, and they're just being milked? Okay, I won't drink that. <laughs> Story time. Story time. Story time. Story time. Today, we're talking all about phone addiction. Um, Greg, why don't you start about your experience with phones in your life? Okay, so my story is about, you know... I guess it's about phone addiction because I am – actually, we'll get to the debate later as to whether or not I am addicted to my phone, but I'm on my phone a lot. And I do mess up a lot of the times where I'm thinking about someone and I end up texting them instead of the person I meant to text. I hate that so much. Okay. So I was in, I think, fourth year university and I was obsessed – I still am – with this indigenous queer artist named Kent Monkman from Toronto. If you don't know who he is, look him up. He's amazing. Yeah, very like, cool. We have friends who now like work with him. He's He's just so cool. I was obsessed with him. We learned a lot about him in university in our classes. So he was kind of like a celebrity to me. And he was doing Nuit Blanche, which is like this like all night festival of art and culture that happens on Halloween. No. No. It's just, it's like just like a random in the time. Fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's it's also a nightmare. Whenever I go, I'm like, why am I doing this? Because there's like lineups for art. It's like yeah. all of a but sudden. But it's a cool concept to have like yeah. like art all over the city in different displays. But there's not that and... much. And then all of a sudden, everyone likes art for like 10 hours. And there's just lineups for art. It's like, I'm yeah. just going to. Anyways, whatever. He was doing this in. It was really interesting where he he does he is, has a drag character called Mischief Eagle Testicle where he dresses up in drag and there's this like rock that comes out near Yorkville a part of Toronto that's like the Canadian Shield and it's just like it was a really like interesting look at like colonialism but I had to water the rock so that it looked wait so you were you were working with <laughs> oh sorry I was volunteer I oh, offered okay. to volunteer with I'm in university I'm obsessed I'm like okay. my resume like this is a really cool <laughs> artist so I reach out to volunteer. And so, like, they wanted the rock to be wet, and they put uh, red lights on it so that it looked kind of like blood. Essentially, my friends, I was like, come see me. And my friends were like, you're watering a rock. (laughs) (laughs) So what, make it, like, shiny? (laughs) To make it shiny. (laughs) And also would do, like, whatever he asked me to do and the people who were working Oh, scandalous. No, I was very nerdy and just, like, whatever. So anyways, I thought it was so cool that I was hanging out with him and my one friend, Jess. Oh, she, ASAP Science, people know her. Uh, She actually even is, like, close with him now because her boyfriend like paints with him anyways side note ho on brand uh so (laughs) my friend jess also was obsessed with him so the night i'm like watering the rock i'm talking to him he's being super nice i'm like sort of you know listening in on his process and just thinking this is like the coolest thing ever so i open my phone oh he also gave me his number in order in order for me to like text him. I was dating you at this time, right? Yeah, but it did not matter to me. But no, no, no. I was like, I was like, it was so I could text him about like wet wipes or something for like getting his makeup off. Like it was something dumb, but he gave me his number. That was really exciting. But then, so I was like on the bus ride home and I was like, oh man, I'm going to text Jess on such a high. And I was just like, Jess, like me and Kent Monkman are new best friends. Like he's so cute. Like honestly, like I love him so much. Like, we're going to start dating. Like, literally, he talked to me. Like, this is what he said to me. Blah, 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 blah. Press send. And then I got a text back that was like, hey, Greg, was this meant for oh, me? And it was, I send it to Ken no. Monkman. I know. I want to barf on your behalf. 
I mean, I, at least it sounds like it was nice things. Like you weren't, you didn't say anything. Weird it was nice things, but it was creepy nice like, things. Like, like obviously like, you weren't that. Close he's obviously with him. like, uh, you like. He's like, I literally asked you to get me wet wipes. We're not <laughs> best friends. And also, then I like panicked and was like, oh, I read in the Toronto Star that like you're one of the like most exciting things to watch at Nuit Blanche. And the next day when I showed up, his like uh, like manager or assistant was like just so you know like he really doesn't like to hear about hype it makes him nervous and i was like oh ah! like even when i tried right. to save it oh god wow. i do that all the time but anyways that is my story Oh my god, the feeling of sending a text to the wrong person. It makes my heart rate soar. Other horrible examples. Sending a resume to your current boss. Sending a nude to a family member. Or in my case, sending the text, Zach is acting like a real shithead lately. To my friend Zach. But why? Why does this happen? Emails, texts, and DMs mean we're in constant touch. And that means that our communications can be unedited, uncontrolled, and almost a stream of consciousness. When you get a beep or a buzz from your phone, it's like the text came from nowhere and it feels like you need to respond almost immediately. Everything has this elevated sense of urgency. Also, this is a very solitary way of communicating, unlike a face-to-face conversation or even hearing someone's voice on the phone. This is really more about us which has led some psychologists to think that sending that text to Kent Monkman is more than just a slip-up. Unlike in a dream where our subconscious can be kept as a secret, sending a text to the wrong person reveals our innermost secrets. These slip-ups often reveal something about ourselves that we think is indecent and that we would normally keep repressed. And some people think maybe some small part of us wants that person to know that thing that is a secret. Not everyone agrees. A lot of people just think this is technology driven. You're thinking about that person, you're writing about that person, your brain is primed to just send it to that person. Luckily, there are some technological advances that are making these mistakes disappear. For example, if you use Gmail, you can right now enable a feature called undo send in your settings. This gives you a 5 to 30 second window where you can cancel a sent email. And more and more companies are doing this very thing. So for my story, I was just thinking back on like when when we first started seeing cell phones like i remember we were in university and in our first year of university uh, some people started getting cell phones i did not have a cell phone so but they were I, motorola razors or it was like, like even yeah. crappier than t9 that. Like, texting yeah. so exactly like i was um thinking about because first first we had like these phones in our dorm room so it was like a landline that you shared with a roommate and we would that's how i would communicate with everybody in my first year of university we would just like phone each other leave weird messages and we'd and be like be meet at 5 30 and, and be there or have to be there square yeah you couldn't last minute ever decide like we sound like such old men being like in in our day you just had to be on time but um it makes me laugh because i remember getting my first phone it was like a t9 phone which were really crappy and really simple and you couldn't check email or anything but i was thinking the other day how like T9, it's so weird. Like, I think I still have the muscle memory for it, probably. Explain and it. People might not know what if, it is. Okay, yeah. If you're young enough that you don't know what T9 is, it's when 
um, you have like a number pad and every number is associated with a letter. So if you want to type the letter C, you have to push the number one three times. And then if you want to like if you want to write the letter A, you push one one time because the whole alphabet's through like the the ten letter or the ten numbers. Um, but I was if thinking, you look on your iPhone right now, you can see like where like the two numbers. is. It says A B C. Like it still exists uh, so maybe on it was, our pad. I swear the the one was A B C. I can't remember. I'd have to just well, let my fingers no do the talking. There's no function for this anymore. <laughs> yeah. But I was thinking about how it's like kind of weirdly like Morse code or something like that. Like you learn how to go like beep 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 beep, beep like with your fingers, and then I started thinking like, did people in the past like just use Morse code to communicate like for fun? Like I always imagine it being for like war and for all these crazy or the Titanic thing. Yeah, like, raise, like the communications that are so important but it's like was anyone ever just like ooh like I'm just gonna like, like come Frank's like oh my, my god friends. something's coming from Germany something's coming from Germany uh, oh oh, it says I love you yeah so cute right because that's like technically what we were doing with our fingers anyway I remember the first time my friend Brian was over at my house and he had gotten a Blackberry so these were the first phones that had like pretty big screens they had full keyboards on them and I believe at the time he could connect to his email, even though it was like probably Whoa. janky by today's standard. But I remember like weirdly being so mad about it. And I was like, that is so dumb. Like, are you like a businessman? Like you're in school. Like you don't need to be like connected to your emails all the time. <laughs> and it was just like, no one needs this unless you're like a CEO of a company. And you're like, you're really interesting. Cause you, you really like to embrace technology. Like you, you sort of do, but then you also have like weird hostility to it. I too. know what example you're thinking of too. Netflix. You're thinking of Netflix. That's the only other time that's really happened that I can think of. But explicitly. I mean, they were big ones. Like, yeah, being, like, I kind of, well, Netflix changed their whole business model. Yeah. Originally I was like, I think renting out DVDs like online is weird. Weird, but, but I also obviously. think you like to be the first to do things too. You know what I mean? Like maybe it was like you were mad because my friend like got Netflix. Like that's it's, stupid. I would never get it's it. It's possible, but I remember with the BlackBerry just being like, like why? This is like it doesn't like, this function because there are obviously lots of bad inventions, bad at technologies that come along that then die. Well, in your in your defense, where's BlackBerry now? You know, uh, RIM kind of that fell. is pretty sad. But because they wouldn't embrace the smartphone for a really long time. And RIM is like a company that was Canadian, and like mm-hmm. it's really also it's like you named your company RIM. It's like. Clearly, no one gay worked there. Like, yeah, that means or it was catered butt. to the gays. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just remember then being angry, but then slowly I got, I think that my first step into the f- that this world was the iPod Touch because, like, they didn't have iPhones oh, at the time. Oh, fancy girl. But then the iPod Touch basically turned into the iPhone. It was just thicker. And I got that and then, like, kind of never looked back since then. But I was thinking about when my anger really changed, I think, of even having a cell phone. And I think the first time was... Um, I used to, I've talked about going to like this, like I used to work at a stable when I was in university, like every weekend. And (laughs) I would have to wake up at like 5am and go there. And the winter one time when I was leaving, so maybe it was like 7, so it was actually still dark. AM, PM? AM, but it was like in the winter. So I remember it being dark. And I, it's on like an off road, like it's in the middle of nowhere, and it was winter. He's a country guy. And I hit a set of black ice, and the whole car spun out. The car went into a ditch, like snow went everywhere and covered the car. And uh, and oh my, the fl- my phone, I think, was just like in a in a what do you call it, like a cup holder, and it flew across the car. But then I. After I crashed, I couldn't open my door because I was, like, stuck in snow. Oh and I had God. to, like, crawl to the back of the car to call my dad to come and, like, help me. That so phone saved your life. It, I mean, I was not injured. I was fine. I was really shaken. But it was the first time that I was, like, having a cell phone is, like, literally could have saved my life because I would have been here stuck in the snow on a rural road where 
I'm not really close to anyone. I don't have no idea. And I was on the wrong side of the road, like in a ditch, but like facing the wrong way. Just oh, scared God. if anyone did come, would they see me? Wow, you so, sound so like country and Canadian right now to anyone who's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> that uh, is what we I'm lived through. so country and Canadian. Uh, so yeah, that was my full conversion to being you were like, like, cell phones Brian, are important. you're allowed to have a- able to, Yeah. And then obviously now I ugh, use a phone. It's like literally an extension of my arm, which is disturbing. But. I held on to my BlackBerry for so long. I was one of those sad people who I had like the BlackBerry that flipped up. Everyone was like, get a different phone. But I was like, <laughs> I'm just like one of those people who don't care. And I'm like, no, it's fine. I'm like, I have BBM with two of my friends. And left. everyone would be like, and it's so secure. And you'd be like, what does that even But mean? now <laughs> True. Uh, let's look back because it's like, okay, well, who sold all of our data? Well, Apple didn't. Yeah, that's true. Apple's actually good. But you know what I mean? You have a Google Well, maybe phone. they probably did, to be honest. We just don't know. But yeah, so phones are important, people. Welcome to 2018. Okay, let's do a mini history lesson of cell phones, shall we? You're probably thinking the first cell phone came out in the 80s, right? Psych, 1938. Well, kind of. It wasn't exactly a mobile phone, but the first portable walkie-talkie. It was used to communicate in World War II and had a five-mile range. The more modern-day cell phone you're probably thinking of first occurred in 1973. And by modern, I still mean the phone weighs one kilogram. It was a prototype designed by Motorola, known as Dynatac. In what might be the shadiest thing I've ever heard, the vice president made the first ever private practical mobile phone call to his competitors. Hello, this is Mr. Martin Cooper, and I want you to know that I'm calling you on a mobile phone. I don't know. I think that's what he would sound like. Fast forward to 2002, and you have the RIM BlackBerry phone. The BlackBerry is a smartphone, and it wasn't the first smartphone ever invented, but it really, really exploded the market. And by 2007, that market would grow even more with the launch of the first ever iPhone. It was branded as three products in one, a handheld device with a mobile phone, an iPod, and wireless communication device. By 2007, the number of cell phone owners would double in just four years. Zoom on over to today in 2018, and there is a myriad of different cell phones, and there are over five billion unique mobile owners. That's two-thirds of the world. It's the same amount of people who have access to indoor toilets. For the good and for the bad, cell phones have 100% changed our lives forever. Hi girl, it's Mitch here, and I just wanted to quickly say thank you so much to everyone who's left a rating and a like on your preferred podcast app. If you haven't already, uh, this is just a reminder, it helps the show a lot, it helps other people find it, it helps to get into the search algorithms, which is a great thing and we appreciate it so much, so if you could, that'd be awesome. And if you use the hashtag SideNotePodcast on Twitter or Instagram or whatever to talk about this week's episode theme, then we might actually be using those in our upcoming episodes. So make sure you let us know your thoughts. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. And perhaps we'll be giving you a little shout out. All right, thanks, girl. Now back to the show. All right, welcome to the debate. Debate time. Today we are debating whether oh or not Greg is addicted to his phone. I will be debating for this point, and Greg will be debating against it. Um, and we're switching up. I think like today we're going to do it a little bit different, and each of us are going to get two minutes to like talk on our own about our points, make our case. Oh, God. And then we'll open it up to like a free-form discussion. As oh, higher power. Oh, universe. Oh, God. So, do you want to go first? you want me to go first? How are you feeling? Um, I can go first. Okay. I haven't, you know, usually I, like, write things out because I'm type A, but I'm feeling type B today. Wow. Um, okay, so well, interesting. He's using his phone right now to oh pull up some God. notes. Um, I know it's not my time yet, but I just thought I'd point that out. <laughs> um, are you ready, Greg? I'm ready. Then your time starts now. Okay, upon initial looking, the psychologists really haven't been able to even define if uh, cell phone addiction is a real thing. Uh, they have been able to define and sort of talk about social media addiction. Maybe I have that, but am I addicted to my phone? That's a different story. Okay, so let's look at my phone right now. <laughs> oh my God, that's not helping my case. This is a very beautiful device, okay? I'm on it a lot, yes, because I have like quite a few contacts in here. I have many <laughs> friends, people who I need to keep up my relationships with. You know, when I'm on my deathbed and I'm lying there. 30 seconds. And I'm thinking, What? Third, oh, sorry. No, it's two minutes. Okay. Oh, a minute my and 30. God. A I was like, 30, I am on I'm sorry, I'm methamphetamine because sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> time. I'm kidding. I've never done meth. We're, ta- we're doing a video about Adderall. Oh, my God. I'm getting off topic. Okay, I'm go, sweating. Go, go. I'm sorry. Okay. So I have a lot of people to keep up with. When I'm on my deathbed, I'm going to be thinking back and hoping that, most importantly, I kept those relationships strong. And the mo- thing that matters to me the most in my life is my family and my friends. And I'm sorry, but this is the vehicle, the limb that keeps my communication with them. I'm really good at texting. Call me. Do not call me. <laughs> Never call me. I won't pick up. Okay. Anyway, so I'm texting a lot. We've also got Instagram. Great. I love to know where people are at all times. We've got Twitter. I need the news, okay? We have the New York Times. We have the New Yorker. We have Science Magazine. Wow. These are full of information. So, yes, you may think when you're seeing me on my phone that I'm just, you know, like not doing anything important. I'm actually, you know, researching about science. I'm actually the only person who posts on our social media right now. now. Okay. So I'm keeping a lot of things together here. Then I have my entertainment section with YouTube. Barely even use it because I'm always reading. Google Maps. Mitch, I'm the only person who ever leads us anywhere. You just walk behind me and expect <laughs> me to get us everywhere. Because And you say I'm addicted to my phones because I'm on maps trying to figure seconds. out where we're supposed to go to eat. Emails. Again, I do all the emails. So I'm on my phone a little bit more. Spotify. Music is my life. I had a sh- I had that on the back of my shirt once. And, and that's why. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 
Uh, that was difficult to not want to chime in that whole time. That I was very tight. Beat. I should have been uh, writing notes down because I have so many comments about it. Uh, shall okay, I just well, jump into it? Yeah, I'm just going to almost respond. Give me this timer. Okay, you can keep an eye on it. Um, okay. I was trying to talk slower. Did it work? Because I know. Yeah, I'm going to have to talk slow because I don't have like so much to say. I talk. <laughs> no, well, I have no, a lot. For me, I, I have talk a lot of thoughts. So fast, and I listen to every podcast on one and a half times the speed but ours we i can't because i sound like a literal banshee <laughs> i am the zeb- what's a banshee <laughs> i don't know i, I know re- that word i, I was like really hope I it's not it was problematic from star wars <laughs> a banshee is in fact not from star wars a banshee is a female irish spirit that screams in your home and shrieks in your home after someone has died so that's why you might have heard someone say oh my god they're screaming like a banshee and in my case i said that me sped up on our podcast sounds like a banshee so unless i was referencing sounds like an irish woman shrieking and mourning the death of someone then in fact it wasn't maybe the best example but i wasn't as far off as thinking it was from star wars mitch And go. Okay, well, first of all, I think it's interesting that you couldn't even have a debate without your phone in your hand. I'm sitting here. Greg actually just took my phone so he could time me. And yet that whole time he couldn't even look me in the eye to have a real conversation without the help of his phone. Is phone addiction a real thing? I can't say from a scientific perspective. I did not look into that. And you're right. Social media addiction is a real thing. And the fact that social media is almost synonymous with your phone in this case, in this day and age, we know that most people who are watching YouTube videos, like 70% are watching it on their mobile, don't act like it's not addiction. Um, I'd also like to say, if I had my phone, I had just checked before we got here, but if you go on Greg's Twitter, go check how many tweets he's done in the last 24 hours alone. I believe I counted 10 in the last 24 hours, so that's like one every um, few hours At or will so. watch me, PLZ, follow me. And if you could only know, you know, check out how many uh, Instagram stories he has going on. Uh, he's one a Busy boy, um, you you think that you're just controlling our social media, but literally you'll say you're making a post, and then I'll ask you like 20 seconds later, like, oh my god, you're still doing that? You're like, no, I'm on Tumblr. Ooh. The amount of times I'm talking to Greg on his phone is literally the biggest problem in our relationship. <laughs> it's true, weren't there hey, before hey, it? This is my two minutes, sir. Um, yeah, so I think that's a problem when you can't even have communications. You talked about the importance of communication. Wouldn't you think communication with your boyfriend, your life partner, is the most important thing in your life? And yet, your phone is getting in the way of that because you're communicating with people that you don't even need in your life anymore. Yes, some of them are important, but somehow your phone gives you the ability and the permission to message people that you don't care about. And you're like, oh, this girl from grade two that I know and I have on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I better keep up with her because I'm supposed to because it's the internet. No. Let it go, honey. That's your time. Oh, oh, wow. You didn't really give me a 10-second warning to wrap that up. Yeah, because well, you're being mean <laughs> to Candace, my friend from second grade. <laughs> wow, is your name Fred? Because you certainly were fumbling Fred. <laughs> oh, wow. What? Oh, my God. Okay. Okay, let's open this up. Um, you did not. That was... I wasn't that impressed with you. Why? Um, I don't know because... 
I well, don't let's know. Open it up. To be honest, okay, we we just thought of this new little format, and I didn't have time to like write down points. Next week, do it next time. I know. Mitch. I I was a slacker. I'm sorry. I felt like a little stressed and panicked, and was like, "This is." I can. St- I thought I could come up with it on my mind. I had a couple points, but I should have really wrote more things, written more things down. Yeah, especially because you literally harp on this with me all the time. I was so surprised. Anyways, okay. At what? I don't know. I thought you were going to come with ammunition. Like, bu- 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 you did. Like, it was good. I just thought you were going to come with, like, more darker. Like, I feel like more anecdotes about times when I've literally made you mad. Because well, every we, day you're getting we mad. We still have quite some time to talk through this, Greg. So, okay. There's no way that you can sit here and look me in the eye, now that your phone's not in front of your face, and say you're not addicted to your phone. Okay. I now, don't how, think that I'm okay. addicted to my phone. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um... I think how I often, a- how many times do you think you look at your phone every single day? Okay, well, I have read a stat, uh, and I don't know the exact number, but I think it's like tens of thousands, and I don't think I'm there. I think I check it a thousand times. <laughs> no, 500. No, 300. I-, I honestly think 300. I honestly think you've extrapolated it outside of it. We have a very important job that involves our phones, and I'm very committed to it. I would I'm say, do- yes, but it. you can do it. In segments, like I think the par- par- problem is also that you think that you can multitask, which studies have shown people cannot. People who think they can multitask are wrong, and their focus fumbles when they're doing multiple things. But at I can once. multitask if I'm watching like the Shane Dawson documentary about Jake Paul. That's when you get mad and you're like, "We're not even watching this." I'm like, "Well, I can listen to this and like okay. chime in when I need Don't to." Don't try and throw me under the bus. You literally were the one who was like, "Let's watch this and put it on." And I was like, "Okay." That's After fine. you got me addicted. <laughs> Speaking of addiction, oh God. Okay. Anyways, also what I would say is that I do really feel like one thing I will say is that being present around people, when you're on your phone, I feel like it does make those situations worse. Like if you're on your phone, you can I can leave hanging out with friends if I've been on my phone in a group and kind of feel guilty, be like, wait, I didn't like hang out with them and have like good intimate moments with them. And I feel like what we should do instead of you saying I'm addicted to my phone, which I think I'm not. I think what we need to do is have more isolated, like, two-hour periods between seven and nine where we put our phones away, both of us. But here's the thing, Greg. Then, I already do that. Like, But then include me. Okay, I need yeah, structure. We can do that. I'm just saying, like, it's crazy to me. Like, there are times when you'll be like, put, just put something on your phone. Like, put it on the TV. And I'll be like, I, I don't even know where my phone is right now. Like, And I'm literally like, that's insane. I have nomophobia. If I don't have my phone in my pocket and I slap my leg and there's no phone there, What's I literally crumble. Nomophobia. I didn't nomophobia. Know. Okay, so nomophobia is a real term, and it's a proposed name for the phobia of being out of contact with your phone. And again, maybe it's an overused term, but when I've been researching it, I'm like, wait, does everyone have this? So the term was coined after a study in 2008 found that 53% of mobile phone users in Britain were anxious when their phone ran out of battery, lost signal, or was lost. It was found the anxiety from not having our phone was not necessarily like debilitating, but was on par with wedding day jitters or a trip to the dentist. Another more recent psychological study has claimed that cell phones are possibly the biggest non-drug addiction of the 21st century. And a survey found that 77% of teens report anxiety and worry when they are away from their phones. This all kind of just sort of makes sense to me. And I don't really know how to tell if someone has or doesn't have nomophobia because we're all so reliant on our phones. But psychological predictors that someone you know may have nomophobia is low self-esteem, younger age, just being younger, being binary when it comes to introversion or extroversion, and someone who is impulsive. And 
I don't know. Sometimes I feel like an extroverted, impulsive person who's trying really hard to stay young. So I'm like, am I screwed when it comes to nomophobes? Another random stat when reading about this is that 61% of people check their phones immediately after they wake up. And honestly, the more I read about nomophobia, the more I'm just like, I think I am addicted to my phone. So because these are even more clinical characteristics of nomophobia. It's a decreased number of face-to-face interactions with humans replaced by a growing preference for communication through technological interfaces. I'm like, isn't that everyone? Okay, anyways, keeping the device in reach when sleeping. I always do that. Never turning it off. Haven't turned my phone off in years. And looking at the phone screen frequently to avoid missing any message, phone call, or notification. I open my phone all the time and there's nothing there. And this is called ringsiety. All of this information about nomophobia shows that, in fact, there is this new device that is so ingrained with who we are. And of course, the repercussions are something that scientists and researchers are going to try and figure out. It's honestly just so new to all of us that it's hard to study. But I really do feel when reading all of these things that me and a lot of people that we know may fall under the guise of nomophobics. But I can sometimes go like four hours and just be like, oh, I actually don't remember where I put my phone right now. There are other times where I check it yeah. often. Okay, oh, I will get you that. I, I think I am think... more addicted to my phone than you, but I think it, addict is a strong word. I think I have a, I do think I have, looking it up, maybe some sort of like issue with social media. I do find myself like compulsively checking if someone's put up a new Instagram story. And that is definitely where I'm like, I do not know these people. Like, I do not need to know that Janelle Monet had like a release event last night. And I do right. not need to have watched 12 of her like <laughs> different videos. I've never met this person. Like, I think I'm, I think Instagram stories, because I love Snapchat and they just stole it, messed me a little bit. And I think that's something that I do need to work on. But that's not fun addiction. That's social media addiction. Well, and I think if I curb there, it, I'll be fine. Are, are you really separating those things? Like, I yes. think, I think the addiction though, yeah, it might be your connection to social media, but like the conduit is your phone and you can't separate those things. Like people almost see their phones as an extension of their hands now. Like it is you, your phone represents you. It's it's your personal image on the internet. It's every piece of information you could ever need. It's your communication device. So your phone is you. And I think you making this distinction between social media and phone is like, it. okay, yes, there is a technical difference between the two, but I just you can't really have one without the other. And most people sitting on desktops are probably not addicted to social media at, to the same degree if they don't have a mobile phone or a smartphone or something yeah. that they can access on a quick. Okay, phone. well then, what are you addicted to? If you say I'm addicted to my phone, what's the equivalent? Are you just not addicted to anything? You're just perfect? no. I'm definitely. I don't know. What am I addicted to? Well, I feel like addict is a very strong word. I, I, yeah, that's you're what right. I, mean. okay, I don't think clarify. I'm addicted to my phone. I okay, don't. You're right. I think this is like ingest a little bit i'm not i don't the think word addiction anything. the word addiction yeah. is probably much more serious especially when we get into like research and whether or not people are clinically addicted to things so let's put that out there so what exactly is addiction we throw the word around a lot i'm addicted to netflix i'm addicted to chocolate but to be addicted means a pattern of substance or behavior use leading to significant impairment or distress in at least three of the following ways. Number one is tolerance, meaning you need to have more and more of that substance or behavior to get the same effect. Number two 
is when you're without that substance or behavior, you are going through withdrawals. Number three, you need to use that substance or behavior more and more over time. Number four, you start wanting to quit more and more, but find you're unable to do so. Number five is you spend a great deal of time spent on activities necessary to obtain that substance. Number six, you start reducing or giving up important social, occupational, and recreational activities. And number seven, you continue this behavior or substance even though you know that has persistent and physical psychological damages. If you experience more than three of these, you might be an addict. What's really interesting is experts in addiction are moving away from the notion that there are multiple addictions. Rather, that there is one addiction that is associated with multiple expressions. And this makes so much sense when we look at the brain. When you look at brain scans, pleasurable experiences, whether they're derived from drugs or behaviors like gambling, shopping, or sex, they look really similar in a brain scan. One other very interesting piece of information that is extremely intuitive is that scientists and clinicians alike now think that people engage in potentially addictive activities to escape from discomfort, both physical and emotional. Think of it like this. You are experiencing a lot of stress at work and escape and numb that stress by drinking. Or you're at a gathering and you don't know anyone around you and it feels incredibly awkward. You can skip that feeling by diving into social media. Whether or not we are addicted to our phones, the constant use of mobile devices might have a lot to do with our own social discomfort. And that's why they haven't been able to even really define being addicted to your phone. Probably because in this current world, everyone has this like new experience with their phone. Fine, that's so but hard to do define. Do you think, and I'm not suggesting that phones don't offer amazing things and, and can bring your life like good, bring good aspects to your life. I don't want to say like, I don't, I'm not the kind of person who thinks we shouldn't have smartphones, but do you think they, it doesn't cause major strife and problems in people's lives, including yours and mine who oh, are, who are like reasonably, fine. um, self-controlled people we have a lot of ambition and we work hard but yet i still like even for me i don't okay maybe i'm not clinically addicted to my phone but it it makes me really upset sometimes how much i compulsively look at my phone and how much okay, it gets well, to me like i, I would say i am a there's a level of addiction to it to me and i can't even fathom that and then you would say you don't think you have that because you're 10 times worse than i am but 10 maybe, times I, tr- I truly think 10 times. Wow. Okay. I totally think that that number is extrapolated for those listening at home. That is not true. That was an extrapolation. That was exaggeration. That was a little bit much. Trump is in the house. But what I would say is that I do, I do agree with you. I do feel like it creates some issues. We do fight about it a lot. I do sometimes like when, like last night I stayed up so late reading this book that I'm obsessed with, but I spent the first half hour on Instagram 
that's another half hour I could have had of sleep that like I feel bad about. Like it definitely isn't all good. But I'm a content creator and <laughs> my, <Get out. laughs> my job is to create content. And so tweeting you know is what? important. And Instagram stories, I'm sorry, Mitch, because I have less of a perfectionist bone, I can Instagram story like crazy and you have tro- problems maybe you're with right. it. And it's not I was with your just phone. also going to bring, you're right. Yeah. It's like, cause you, okay, yeah. maybe I'm going to lose myself this debate, but like, Maybe I self-project, and I, I'm worse at managing my relationship with my phone, and so when I fall into it, it gives me a lot of anxiety. Yeah, I think it does. And it does, Whereas for I sure. can, like, like, Mitch watches me. I can, like, but, Instagram a okay. dumb story, post it, and then he'll be like, how did you do that? Because you would have been, like, well, going over your head over yeah, and over and over. there's that, but also you'll, like, you'll walk through traffic while you're, like, yeah. writing okay, on your I phone. Okay, I might die. Okay, I'm so... Pro- I That's what I meant. The other day, die. I was like, "How did you do that?" Because we walked like 200 meters, and you were working on an Instagram story. I do have like crazy <laughs> like uh, spatial awareness, though. Oh, I really do. No, that's really dangerous, and I think that. Okay. You did just say I think that you lost this debate, so I think that's a good place to end. No, 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 it. No. Um, no, 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 no. You definitely bitch. are. I just I can't even believe you're gonna. I think if people who are listening could see you on a day to day basis, like I agree, you are better at. At managing your relationship with social media, but coming in and out of it, like you are always on your phone. I think if anyone in our group of friends asked, was asked who's on their phone the Sorry, most. Sorry, what? I was on my phone. Yeah. What? Who's on their phone the most? It would be you. Okay, that's so true. So it'll be hard for people okay. to know uh, because they don't know you personally, but I wish I could go no, get No, Phil, our friend. our friend Phil's on his phone more than me. Okay, well, you thought of one person out of how many friends? Okay, Aaliyah, too, because she plays Fortnite all the time. <laughs> You're throwing them all <laughs> under the bus, aren't you? Okay, either way, I'm not addicted to my phone. We know that for a fact, so I think I won this debate because you literally, they cannot define it properly yet. Second of all, I do agree. I think I need to, like many people, curb it a little bit in order to have a happier, maybe more fulfilling life, to read more books and to feel more satisfied in my day. Third of all, I think you are projecting, and I think that you do have a tough relationship with your phone and I hope that that genuinely gets better for you <laughs> and I hope you work <laughs> to forward towards that. I so honestly mean. do. I really hope that for you <laughs> in 2018 and 2019 and I will help be here beside you to work uh, through that with you. Check out Greg's social media compared to mine and tell me he's not a little bit of an addict. Oh my god, mine is so tasteful and it happens like oh, it's, it's great. perfect it's hilarious. every but six think hours. About, think about the times when Think about when he makes those, what's happening in public around him. <laughs> like, think about, like, how many times oh I'm God, there and there's, of- like, <laughs> random strangers watching us stop in the middle of the grocery store to, like, make an Instagram story. Great entertainment for everyone else but me and everyone in the grocery store. No, it's like, true. What and they the that doesn't even include the, like, five takes that took before that. Exactly. The, <laughs> the amount of times, like, I'll hear you in the kitchen saying the same thing ten times. You, te- you, you acted like you are so good at just, like, putting them out there. I have heard you, girl. I'll be like, hey guys, what's going on? I do like, not say hey guys. I am no, when not. You, when you put those stupid filters on your face, you always like have characters. And yeah, but I don't do ever them. go, hey guys, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel. Actually, yeah, I do okay. that as a character. So we're, off, we're off the car- charts here. Anyways, like, okay. we'll see you next week yeah, for another for debate that I'm going to win flawlessly. Oh, okay. Gosh. So make sure you use the hashtag side note podcast. We've been reading it a lot. We're going to read new comments out in our next one. There's been some good ones that I've read mm-hmm. already. Um, yeah, make sure you subscribe to this. Make sure you like like this make sure you like us okay let's like make sure you like us give us validation we will see you slash you'll hear us next week bye witness history at roland garros where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground tennis channel plus is your place to watch stream every court from your phone or smart tv live in hd 
Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.